what a joy and privilege and blessing it is to be able to assemble together with the saints of God on the Lord's Day. Have this time to worship together in spirit and in truth. Have fellowship with one another. Let us always appreciate the great blessing that we have of being God's children and being able to have these occasions like this. Well, you realize that today is December the 31st, the last day of this year. To those of us who are older, it sure went by a lot quicker than usual, didn't it? It always happens that way. The older we get, the quicker those years go by. Tomorrow is the beginning of a new year. We've all talked about before New Year's resolutions. We all make New Year's resolutions from time to time. I found in my life that it's easy to make resolutions, but it's difficult to carry them out. How many times have we made resolutions to carry them out for three or four days or maybe a week, but by the time July or August comes around, we've totally forgotten what those resolutions were. A resolution is a decision that we make. It's a determination. Here's what I'm going to do. I will make this resolution and I will carry through on it. I will follow it up. I will not give in. Sometimes we sing that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Friends, truly is that not a resolution that we make? Of course it is. To dedicate our lives to being the kinds of people God wants us to be. Willing to give our lives over to Him, following His will, not our will. And as a result of that, our lives are carried out correctly. And I would challenge each one of us today, most of us in this room are already Christians and members of the body of Christ. As we face every day of our life and every new month of our life and every new year of life, that we renew that challenge to be closer to God in our lives. And live more like Him every day that we have the opportunity and privilege of doing that. This morning I want to challenge us with four resolutions that I hope each one of us will remember, write down, and carry out throughout this coming year. Number one, I resolve to love at all times. Be turning with me in the back in the New Testament. All our scriptures this morning will be in the New Testament. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Those of you who are Bible students realize that John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17 are the, basically the last words that Jesus had with His disciples. They were, had gone to partake of the Last Supper. And these four chapters, His last sermon or lesson, if you, if you will, to His disciples. And look in verse number 12, John chapter 15 and verse number 12. He said, This is my commandment, that ye love one another, even as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. How extensive should my love be? We see that we must be willing to lay down our life for our friends. Jesus was getting ready to do that in About 48 hours. But He's telling us, as His children, we are willing to live our lives and give our lives for Him one day at a time. Living for Him. 
Look with me in verse number 9 to find out how extensive my love should be. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. We see God's love for Jesus and what He did for Him. We see Jesus' love for us and what He did for us. Now then, we need to see what we do for Him because of that love. We will continue that mission of love in our lives. You'll also notice that loving God is not optional. Look in verse number 17. These things I command you, that you love one another. It is impossible and it is wrong for me to pick and choose whom I will love. Jesus loved everybody, the good, the bad, all points in between. I need that same attitude in my heart today. That I would be willing to love anybody and everybody. How can I do that? Look in verse number 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen in just a few hours. His betrayal, His trial, and His crucifixion. Yet because He loved God more than anything else, He followed the will of God. He had the power to turn around and walk away anytime He wanted to. But he said, I'm going to do the will of God because I love God's will. Therefore, in this new year, I need to challenge myself to grow in my love. Yes, first of all, my love for God and my Savior Jesus Christ. And for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And for my family. And for all the people in the world whom I will meet or have some contact with, will I demonstrate to them the love of Christ? Turn me to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13. Talking about love, the Apostle Paul says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty... Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. He did not say, well, if they love you, love them back. He said, it is your responsibility, because you're my child, to promote love and demonstrate love. Every opportunity that you have. Every person whom you meet. You see, the world doesn't have much love in it anymore today, does it, as far as people are concerned. We love things and money and hobbies and things like that. Very few people generally love anyone, much less anyone that they don't know or are not familiar with. But Paul, by the Word of God, challenged us to love one another in every action of our life. You see, when we're loving, we are seeking what is best in the other, not what is the worst. Well, look at him. He did that. Look at her. She said that. And they did this. And it's easy to nitpick. That's not what loving is all about at all, is it? Loving is strengthening one another, caring for one another, building one another up. 
helping and assisting ourselves be better and others be better as a result of that. And because of this, I will be able to strengthen my love for all people and be willing to serve all people. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 12. The Apostle Paul says, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love. That means overflowing. One toward another. And toward all men. Even as we do toward you. Paul is reminding us as children of God, there should be no limitations to whom we love. Or how we love. Every person we come in contact with, we need to show them what love is all about. We need to demonstrate by the way we live what love is all about. As a result of that, millions of people are strengthened and encouraged and built up. And in our so doing, we're strengthening and building up and encouraging ourselves to do others. To do other things like that. So in the new year, I challenge each one of us. To look into our hearts and minds daily to see opportunities where we can exhibit our love more and more. And as Christians, we remember, as Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 13, Now abideth faith, hope, and charity, love. But the greatest of these three is love. That's where it starts. You see, when we love God's will, we want to carry out God's will. And we look at Jesus carrying out His will, so loving us to die for our sins, we will give our lives for others because we love them. Think how this world would be if every person increased in their love toward everyone else. Challenge yourself. Resolve in the new year, I will love. Point number two in our lesson this morning, I resolve that I will forgive others. Turn me to Matthew chapter 6, verse number 14. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 14. There Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, for if ye forgive, if you if ye forgive men their trespasses, your Father in heaven shall also forgive you. We know that verse. I submit to you, the most important word in that verse is not forgiving. The most important word in that verse, that two little letter word, if I if. If ye forgive men their trespasses, then God will forgive your trespasses. So, Jesus is saying, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, you must have the willingness to forgive others. And that's hard for finite human beings to do, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, I'll forgive you. But I marked it down. Don't let it happen again. And they do the same thing again. Alright, I'll forgive this time, but that's twice. I've got a limit. You see, that's not forgiveness, is it? When God forgives our sin as Christians, He removes them. He blots them out from His remembrance. Aren't you glad of that? And I don't blot out my sins myself. I remember them, and I'm thankful that I do remember them, so I won't be foolish enough to make the same mistake again. But when it comes to my dealing with other people, when they ask me to forgive them, and I say, yes, I forgive you, what I need to say is, yes, I really do forgive you. I will hold it against you no longer. It will no longer make any difference in my life of what just occurred, because you are now forgiven. That transgression has been wiped off the map. It has been blotted out. It is no longer in existence. Therefore, I'll be willing to forgive others. And is that important? Look at verse number 15. Matthew 6, 15. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your transgression, your trespasses. In other words... The only thing that keeps me from going to heaven is my unwillingness, if I'm a child of God, is my unwillingness to forgive others. You see, God forgets mine and He forgives them. They're over and done with. I must be willing to say and think and have the same attitude in my life. But my forgiveness is absolutely contingent on my willingness To forgive those other people. Let that sink in your heart for a moment. Well, he should not have done that to me. He knew better than to say that to me. No, I'll drop those attitudes. I will allow Jesus to answer that question. Look with me in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. This ought to really get our attention. Jesus has just now been condemned to crucifixion. Luke 23, verse number 33. I want you to look at these words. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified Him, Jesus, and the malefactors, two men uh, uh, on each side of Him. One on the right hand and the other on the left. Now, Jesus has just been nailed to the cross. Look at the first thing He says. Verse 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How could Jesus do that? A man who had known no sin. Falsely condemned and accused and now nailed to the cross. And again, remember, he could come down any time he wanted to. He didn't do that. He knew that he had fulfilled his mission. 
He's shedding His blood for the sins of you and me and all the people who have ever lived in this world. Father, forgive those people. How could I ever say that I won't forgive? Anytime you're unwilling or thinking, well, I really shouldn't forgive that person, if they ask for your forgiveness, go back to Calvary's cross. You're thankful that Jesus forgave your sins by what He did. You do the same. Surely then, we can forgive others. I think it's interesting if you were reading the Greek language and you, if you have a concordance, go back and look at the word forgive or forgiveness in the Greek language. It has several different meanings. It means to pardon, to let go, to abandon, to put away, to cancel. Say you owe somebody $10,000 and, excuse my English, there ain't no way you can pay it back. And you go and plead your case, and the debtor says, don't worry about it, I'll forget it. It's taken care of. That debt has been released. It's no longer in effect. Folks, that's what forgiveness is all about. We've all had the experience of taking a balloon and blowing it up, maybe it's a helium-filled balloon. You tie it out in, you play with it for a little while, but then you let go of it. Do you have any more control over that helium balloon anymore? No, it's gone. And you may watch it go up several thousand feet and finally it breaks up or goes beyond your distance. You can't even see it. Totally out of mind and out of sight. That, my friends, is what forgiveness is all about. We as children of God, forgiven of all of our transgressions by the blood of Jesus Christ, will love people enough Sufficiently that when they ask to be forgiven and they repent of those sins, we will forgive them and they are like that helium balloon. It's gone. And I will never forget it. I will never remember it anymore. I will never hold that against that person anymore. I wonder if we all believe that and practice that, how many friendships could be salvaged? How many marriages could be put back together? How many parent-child and child-parent relationships could be revived? How many brotherhood-wise problems could be eliminated if we all practiced what forgiveness is all about? Then you see our congregation will be strengthened. And we will be restored to our former fellowship together with those who have come back and we're not going to hold it against them anymore. We're helping them and they're helping us. And each one of us is practicing forgiveness by following the example that Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross. Oh, and I, by the way, I remember that as a child of God, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I make mistakes. Sometimes I transgress the will of God. Privately, in nature, I pray to God, I confess that sin. God, I should not have said what I said to so-and-so today. Father, I was wrong in handling this situation this way. and I know it was wrong. I'm sorry. I repent of that. Would you please forgive me? And you know He does because you're His child. He blots it out. It is gone. Since God is so willing to give that forgiveness to me, how could I not be that willing 
to forgive others who trespass against me. How wonderful it is that we know to forgive. Now, make that resolution for this new year in my life. Number three, the resolution I'm going to make. I will strengthen others. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22, verse 32. Luke chapter 22, verse 32. I'm going to strengthen others. Jesus saying to Simon Peter, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. This was said by Jesus to Peter just a few hours before Peter would curse and swear and say, I don't know who Jesus Christ is. Think about it for a moment. Peter said that, and then you know what he did? He went out and wept bitterly because he realized what he had done. Do you think that Peter was strengthened by what Jesus said to him? That you can go out and strengthen other people? Jesus, another, Peter, another failure, he curses and swears, I don't know who Jesus is. You think you learned from that? I think it's quite interesting that 52 days later, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, we have the sermon recorded by the same man, Peter. In Acts 2 verse 14, he speaks to that mob of thousands of people. Hearken ye unto my words. Peter had been strengthened by the mistake that he made. And he learned from it and he grew from it. And on that day, he preached. Another of the apostles preached. 3,000 people became Christians that day. They were strengthened by the words of Peter and the apostles. Surely this example should encourage each one of us today. Since we have been strengthened by God's Word, let us have the faith, the fortitude, and the courage to go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Living our lives as Christians. Showing people that God's way works. We have been strengthened because we're children of God. If we continue studying and learning and applying the will of God, we continue to strengthen ourselves every day. And that gives us the opportunity and privilege to strengthen other people. In our daily lives... As members of the Saudi congregation, this local family of God, let's be reminded every time we come together, every time we make a phone call, every time we make a visit, every time we send a note or a card, we're strengthening one another, aren't we? But we're also strengthening ourselves. We're showing ourselves, I can do this. I can be competent as a child of God. Let's quit saying, well, I can't do this and I can't do this and I wish I could do this and I wish I could do this. Do what you can. To the very best of your ability. And you know there's God's child. God is going to bless you. And give you more opportunities and more privileges 
and more talents to do more things. So you're strengthening yourself. And as you strengthen yourself, you're surely strengthening others. That should remind us that we can do all these things that we need. The people in our lives that we see every day. Let's challenge ourselves in the year to live a life of God-likeness before them. Again, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're strengthening others by living our lives that way. We grow individually, and they grow, and they are strengthened individually. And then they pass it on and strengthen and encourage other people. And that's the result of our living our lives every day as godly people. How wonderful that is. Point number four in our lesson this morning, I resolve that I will live my life as an example to others. I will live my life as an example to others. We've already mentioned it. You know what Matthew 5.16 says. Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I think the important word there is another two-little-letter word, S-O. He didn't say, Let your light shine before men. He said, Let your light so much shine before men that it will be impossible for them to miss the fact that you're a child of God. There's a person who lives like Jesus lived. There's a person who thinks and acts and talks like Jesus would. That encourages, that strengthens. I want my light to shine. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12. He says, let no man talking to to Paul, or Paul talking to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. How? In word, in conversation, that means your way of life, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. How do I know that I'm living my life properly? It will be demonstrated by the things I say and don't say. By the deeds that I do and the deeds that I don't do. The actions that I take and the actions that I don't take. Will people see in me an exemplary life? An example is a pattern, a model, a form to be copied. Those of you who cook, you pull out that recipe and you follow the recipe step by step. In math class, you have to follow a particular mathematical formula to get the right answer. On the job, you have your job description. You've got to do this, 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 and this. And you follow through on that. You follow the example that has been set before you. You remember over in in Luke chapter 10, we won't take the time to turn to it. Jesus was telling about a man who was walking down the road and he was beaten and robbed. Three men walked by. They saw the man lying there needing help. Two of them, quote-unquote religious Jewish leaders, saw, closed their eyes, closed their hearts, and kept walking. Didn't do a thing. Then here comes a foreigner. He was a Samaritan. Generally, the Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jews. 
And this man stopped. And he took care of the man's needs. He bound up his wounds. He picked him up and put him on his donkey and carried him to a neighboring town and took him to a doctor to get him fixed up. He went out of his way to show what Christianity is all about. The other two quote-unquote good religious people closed their hearts, minds, and eyes and walked by. And Jesus said to the questioner, which of the three of these was doing the will of God? Of course, the only answer was the man who did what he was supposed to do. And Jesus told him, Go thou and do likewise. Our problem as Christians generally is not knowing what to do. Our challenge is, are we willing to do that? To use ourselves as an example of what godliness and godlikeness is all about. You see, Jesus isn't here anymore, but I'm here, you're here. We are the light to the world and we need to show that. As you daily live your life in this world that's full of sin, remember, you, every one of us, is that light that is so desperately needed. We've just sung the song, Soldiers of Christ, Arise. Soldiers have the ability to win the war. But if they're sitting back in their barracks taking a nap, they're not going to be of any value at all, are they? It's only when they rise up strengthen themselves and fall into formation and follow the Master's orders, are they successful in their effort? So it is with us as Christians today. Tomorrow is the beginning of a new year. I challenge each one of us. Take these resolutions we've talked about today. Put them into living proof and example in our lives. Let us go forth starting today into all the world living the gospel. And in so doing, we are preaching the gospel to every creature. We are proving in doing that that God's way works. It's not just something that we go through the motions. Being a Christian is a way of life. Because I want to live my life in heaven eternally with God Almighty. And I know do you too. That should be our New Year's resolution. I have decided to follow Jesus, that home in the sky, the land of glory, and eternal bliss. As we stand to sing the song that's been announced as a song of invitation, look into your heart. Are you ready to go to heaven? If you've never become a child of God, acting on your faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you're willing to repent of your sins. Confess that He is the Son of God. He baptized in water to wash those sins away, rising to walk a new creature, serving God, living for God, till God called you home. Or maybe as a child of God, you've done those things in times past, but you've wandered away. Brother, sister, come back home. God still loves you. He still wants you to be His child. Repent of those sins. Confess them. And once again, you can be in His kingdom. If we may assist you in doing that, let it be known by coming to the front of us together we stand and sing. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us haste away to His brain. Tis the fount of love from the source above, and He bids us 